What's going on, my digital compadres, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Feasting with Founders. In this series, we are talking with food and beverage founders from across the world that are on a mission to make things a little different in your kitchen. In this inaugural episode, we are talking to Omung Good, also known as OMG, a Swedish plant-based food brand. They are only a couple years old, and they're on a mission to provide a delicious product to conscious consumers in the form of organic, additive-free burgers, bits, which are kind of like little nuggets, and minces. Recently released their taco mints that is new on the market for them in their native Sweden. Really exciting times for them. And all of these are made out of mung beans. Now, if you're from a Western country, you may have never heard of mung beans, they're pretty popular in certain areas in Asia, uh, so that makes it kind of really exciting, in my opinion, for Westerners to see this sort of new entry of a bean coming into our culinary experience, um, especially in the way they've put it together here at OMG. This is a very flavor-forward product, and they do that on purpose. Their goal is to make it easy to reach for the plant-based option, not because you need to, but because you want to. It's based off of a recipe from a chef named Torbjorn, who is from Katalin's hometown of Usha in Sweden. I apologize for all of the mispronunciation. My Swedish friends doing my best here. Both of these founders are very sustainably minded, and their goal is to create change in consumer behaviors that go beyond the alarming headlines and statistics, the rationalist arguments around why we can't afford to eat as much meat as we do today. They say, to heck with all of it. Why don't we just create something that's so good that people simply want to eat more plant-based products? Why do we have to sacrifice flavor in order to make what we believe is a conscious decision for the environment? I think this is a really compelling point, and I love talking with them both about this and talking with myself about, well, maybe I don't need to eat as much meat as I do. I do love meat, but is there a balance to be had here? Almost certainly. And the way we do meet in Western societies, without a doubt, is not sustainable in the long run. So it's really interesting to see these products coming online. We get into that a little bit. We get into the origin story of Catalin discovering these burgers in her hometown of Usha, as well as some of the uh, deeper conversation around what it's like to be a cash-strapped startup trying to make conscious decisions, but still having to stay in business. Um, I think it's a really direct conversation. I really enjoyed it. Also, I want to call out that early on, I make some comparisons to meat alternatives. Omungood is not trying to be a meat alternative. This is not a mock meat like Impossible Burger or Beyond Burger. They look to do something that is delicious in its own right. Um, so I just wanted to call that out because early on in the conversation, you'll already hear me making comparisons to meat alternatives. Their goal is not to be a meat alternative. They want to be a kitchen staple. So I just think that's important to say. Also, halfway through the conversation, Carolyn had to drop off. So just wanted to call that out. If you notice about halfway through, it'll hone in on me and Lisa and we get real brand heavy, real philosophical fast because as brand professionals, that's just kind of where our minds go. We like to talk about the why. We like to think about the struggles of society and how we can make a difference. Not that everyone doesn't like to think about that, but not everybody likes to think about that. Um, <laughs> anyways, if you want to find Omung Good, you can get them on the socials at O-H-M-U-N-G-O-O-D, Omung Good. 
and you can find them online, omungood.com slash en. Without further ado, let's get into the conversation. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. And if nothing else, I hope you get to enjoy a great meal today with some great people. Cheers. Lisa, Carolyn, it's lovely to have you here today. How are you doing? Great. Good. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah, Thank absolutely. Thank you for having and us. And it sounds like you just came out of a, a strategy session you were working on for Omen Good. Can you share a little bit about what kind of things you're uh, thinking about now as you're developing your brand and expanding your awareness? Yeah. Well, yeah, we had a session. Um, like, we kind of feel like we know ourselves and our brand but every time you have to um you have to like get get perspective from other yeah different perspectives right um and uh we are definitely heading from a startup towards a scale up um mm. and being only like really feeling like we uh we we are hitting the market in sweden uh, we are truly interesting and see um, what we can do to take the next step or to enter new markets. So it's important for us to be on our feet at this point. Mm. And it's also a very interesting point for us uh, just now because we have recently launched our new products, our mints. Mm. Neutral uh, mint and uh, otaku mint. So it's very exciting times in, in Oman Good life. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of eating, a lot of, lot of food, a lot of eating. <laughs> I imagine R&D is the best department to be in in a business like this where you actually just get to taste the and funny, taste and The taste. funny thing when you're a startup, like everyone is in the R&D department. So I have been doing like the taco mince spice trying out in my kitchen. So, <laughs> so that's, that's, a, that's a fun part of it. Yeah. I'm still jealous. I haven't had a chance to try it. I can't wait for you to get into the U.S. so I can give this a try. So um, yeah. mung bean based burgers is where you start and nuggets. And now you're into minces and mung beans as a meat alternative is just such a fascinating concept. The first time I heard that I didn't really did not compute, you know, it kind of short circuits is, oh, wait, mung beans. Can you tell me a little bit about the origin of the idea and uh, what it's been like trying to develop a, a meat alternative out of mung beans? Yeah, I can uh, take you back to my hometown, Usha. It's mm. uh, a small village in the middle of Sweden where I grew up. And uh, there was a man there called Turbjörn who made an amazing vegan burger many, many years ago. And I really look forward to get home and visit my parents just because of eating uh, this, uh, to get a chance to eat this fantastic burger. Uh, so, so that's actually someone else who, who developed the, the, the burger from the start. And his name is Tobian, and he's a part of the company uh, today. Mm. Uh, so that's where I got the idea from. I, I really wanted to uh, uh, to give other people a chance to, to taste this, uh, this product because I thought it was, it, it was too good to be forgotten and to only be sold in, in Usha, in Sweden. Mm. I, don't, I don't think that people have an idea how small this village actually is, but it's a small village. <laughs> I Definitely. don't know how many people live in it, 4,000 or something? 
No, Ali, it's a little bit bigger actually. It's uh, <laughs> around nine thousand. Okay, okay, yeah, double it up. <laughs> okay, so a very small town, and so your kid Torbjorn gave you the experience of an amazing vegan burger, and yeah. you, as you grew up, you said, "I need to share this with the world," and you came back to him to develop this concept with him. Uh, exactly. I. I uh, went home and visited him and asked if uh, I could get the rights to the recipe and to rebrand the product and scale up the production. Mm. And uh, yeah, he was very happy with that. And, and uh, as I said, he's a part of the, the company today as well and works on new fantastic culinary experience that we can uh, later on uh, introduce to the market, hopefully. Mm. And so is this just like a small restaurant in your town that served vegan burgers or did, was he a street vendor? What was the experience like? Uh, yeah, it was more like a, a local store. And uh, mm. so my mother had always these kind of burgers in uh, her freezer mm. ready for me when I get uh, home and visit her. Amazing. I love that. That's very cool. And so have <laughs> you been a vegan for most of your life or... Uh, yeah, uh, on and off uh, from uh, very young uh, years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I tried almost everything in the category. Uh, and I think <laughs> that this is uh, um, much better than a lot of other things, uh, not just when it comes to, to the taste, but mm -hmm. also to when it comes to uh, the, the content and the texture. Hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned it, Wolf, like you said that uh, like a, a some kind of mock meat or replacement of meat, but it's important for us that this is good on its own and it's not mm. something to replace meat. This is not like a texturized product. This is a product which is made from whole beans and uh, truly pure content, which is 100% organic. So it's such a, it's such a nice product uh, from the beginning. And it's important for us to value that kind of start that Tobian did in Usha and um, not to mixture with that values um, in the products that we develop. Right. Yeah. Because I guess there wasn't even the concept of an impossible burger back then or anything like this, yeah. where we're just trying to stuff a bunch of soy into a meat looking patty and recreate the burgers yeah. that people have now decided are out of fashion. This is actually its own just yeah. delicious product. And was it made of mung beans back in the day as well? Yeah, it's been made of mung beans from the start. Okay. So how so We just continue with the, the mung beans in all our other products as well. Yeah. So what's it been like scaling that? You said you bought the brand con or you bought the rights to the recipe. You started to scale the concept. What's it been like trying to source mung beans, trying to get this into other people's hands? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. The, the first thing I did was to find someone who could produce it for us. Mm. So uh, even today, we don't produce by ourselves. It's an external partner who do that for us which I think it's uh, very good because they are good. Uh, they are like professionals doing um, productions and we are better at sales and, and marketing and building the brand. Uh, so mm. I think uh, it's been a good strategy from start to, to have it outsourced. Right on. So yeah, um, yeah, it's fine. In a lot of startup situations, that uh, partnership model is really important, right? Because you know what you're really good at and balancing that with people that already have expertise to to create something better. 
synergy, yeah. I guess they call it one plus one equals three kind of thing. Hmm. But it, it, it's funny when we talk about the mung beans, because of course people have been asking us, why, why aren't you filling this uh, product up with other kinds of peas or beans that are mm. less expensive, et cetera. But there, there is something about the mung bean that is so extraordinary that is making this, um, this texture. And, uh, and also that like the mung bean is a 4,000 year old bean. It's been used in so many cultures. It's a, it's a base food in, in Asia, mainly like in China in India, many people people are eating this and I heard a story today about like mung bean stew being like one of the the most profound healing kind of food so it has a long story about being very health beneficial and has high nutrition and and and, and we we came to love this little bean <laughs> so it's such a nice bean to work with absolutely and so was uh when you started this concept, when you started scaling it, did you have ambitions to go international or did you just want to bring more of the Swedish population into this delectable burger? Like what, I guess when you started, what was your vision and how has that changed as you've come into the reality of scaling your own CP or I don't want to say CPG, your own brand? I think from, from the start, uh, we've been uh, pretty clear on that we want to build a global brand. Uh, so that's been our strategy from start. We want people to, to we want to offer a really good, healthy, vegan product that really tastes good, which makes mm. it easy for, for for people to to reach for the plant-based option, um, not because they need to, but because they want to. So that's been our strategy and and goal from from the start, actually. Mm. So there is a kind of a, a sustainability aspect to this where you want to help create a, a a better food culture around not always going straight for the beef. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Have you found that's a, a challenging thing to get around? <laughs> For some people, like uh, you have to be clear on that, that the, the, the target groups um, are different. Uh, the cultures, the, the markets are different. Obviously, mm -hmm. some countries, some markets have come a long way. And uh, obviously, also, there have been some awesome companies that have led the way before us. So we I think that the timing when it comes to plant-based food uh, is better now than ever uh, because there have been so many pioneers and so many good brands leading the way up to this point I would say yeah and I mean I'll be honest with you I don't see a future in which I give up meat but I have become the more and more I learn more open to maybe I don't need meat for every meal, which is something that's I think a very Western culture thing is for every meal of every day, there should be a meat protein product on the plate. Yeah. And, and um, in, the, in the perspective of sustainability, you are allowed to eat 15 grams of meat uh, per day or a hundred mm. gram a week. If you want to like save it for the Friday beef, uh, mm -hmm. that, that's not a lot, but still, uh, if you find the good options when it comes to meat or the, the, the better options, grass-fed or organic meat, the, like we are no, we are no 
vegan um what do you say like uh, military vegans um mm, yeah. we think that there's there's this perspective to this when it comes to balance and when it comes to eating and plant-based food we we love what we do based on mainly um flavor and sustainability and the organic approach to a really good product but still hey if you, we're not going to hate you if you decide to eat meat yeah balance is a really important word right it's uh mm-hmm. It's not about transforming to be what somebody else has decided you should be. It's about finding balance with ourselves and with the nature around us. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we know that we know that the people that choose to go plant-based, maybe it's because they are very um they are conscious. They are conscious people. Uh like smart people, because people make choices based on facts and based on uh, what's good for you and your health and um, um and 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 can we inspire to do that in in uh, in a vast way? That that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, and we also really believe that uh, the more um, people will be more aware uh, about what they are eating and to check the the table of content. What is it actually in this kind of product that I eat? Uh, so I think that that's a that that target group will grow uh, more and more. Mm. Yeah, and, and also, um, it's it's been a lot of discussion in Sweden at the moment. Like, even if it's a plant-based food, how, how good is it when it comes to content? Be, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna have a lot of discussion when it comes to like the big four crops, like corn and soy. Um, mm. And and for us, it's very important to uh, to to um, like we don't want to fight with a cool plant-based companies in the world that are doing so much good they are our friends not our enemies or our competition or whatever you want to call it they're 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 super important for our mission also um but still uh, it's um, many of the larger company mainly meat producers are also trying to enter the markets the same with cars like a diesel product car making electronic cars just because the market asks for it mm. maybe not the values come from the right place but mm-hmm. um but i would say like, it's the same thing with plant-based food there's still going to be a lot of shitty things out there that doesn't have the right content in it or many mm-hmm that doesn't come from the right place. So it's important also for us to, when it comes to building a brand or telling the story that um, why we do it and why it's important and, um, and, and, and also why we make things that is based on pure content, whole content, whole beans, it's all organic. Um, that kind of discussion is important for us to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I would love to talk about that a little bit because the intention of building a brand can be um, as important, if not more important than the outcome of it, right? There's the that concept of the ends justify the means. So now that more people are asking for plant-based and want to live sustainably, the same companies that were pumping out garbage before are now just pumping out garbage that's labeled plant-based. Whereas other companies like yours are actually being more intentional about how you grow being transparent about what the challenges are and trying to solve those, actually putting energy into solving the difficult things, not just putting out something that a market will take. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about how you try and keep purpose at the center of your business and what it's like trying to navigate being a brand that wants to make an impact while also needing to survive in ultimately a very capital-based society? Hmm. There's so many layers to this question. So I'm thinking, yeah. Carolyn, about like production is one thing, branding is one thing, uh, how to how how to talk to the consumer is one thing because it's it's 
it's always it's always ends up with the business to consumer part of it like uh, if the customer consumer is uh, willing to pay for or ask for or choose that kind of option then then there won't be a problem so there there's the aspect of many people needing to do many things in order to um, inspire and, and inform but then you also have uh, one thing that I would say is also a challenge for us and it's the business to business kind of part like you mm. always have like retailers and resellers in between us as a product and the brand and, and the consumer um, like monopolies or um, yeah they, they run the show for many for many reasons and uh, we also have to inspire and inform them so they know what kind of changes they need to do. With the, that are similar with the, our home market, uh, with the same kind of um, target groups. Uh, and uh, uh, so I think that will be like key for us, uh, the first markets that we enter. And we also have a strategy that we uh, gonna enter food market first. Uh, and yeah, food then, service. Yeah, food um, service. Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, to see, um, yeah, if, if it works out, if the consumers uh, like our products, because then it's easier to, to secondly enter the retail stores. Uh, so, so that's the strategy that we have. And of course, we, we know what countries we would like to enter uh, during this year, next year, and, and also in a five years time. Mm. Yeah. But it's interesting when it comes to um, uh, what what you even if you think that there's a similar culture or a similar target group, uh, what we find is like for example, um, there's a different kind of culture. And like in Germany, which is a, a large plant based company in Europe, obviously we're a Scandinavian brand first. In the normal stage for us is you you enter your own country first, then you enter the Nordic countries, and then you enter Europe in some kind of way, mm. um, and you definitely have to decide to go big when you enter the retail markets that's super important that you have some kind of partner entering a new market um and that that's that's important for us this is nothing you can do easily on your own um you need to both build a brand and know how the business works how how uh, the different kinds of sales strategy work um but it could also be that the product that works very well in sweden like in sweden we we shop in some kind of way um mm. we we're very good at planning the meals. We're very good at prepping the meals. We're very good at having a large freezer at home. But when it comes to like a many large cities where main, mainly our target group lives, like for example, in Germany, uh, they don't have a large fridge at many points because they eat out a lot. And that means like they, they uh, also shop and not like... Um, what do you say when you go to a large market to shop? I think there's... Mm, a supermarket? yeah supermarket mm -hmm. shopping um it's not the as common uh, in the large city obviously so they mm -hmm. buy something when they feel like it so they have a different kind of pattern and and then maybe because we are very proud of the shelf life of our frozen product for like you can have it in the freezer for 545 days from production date but mm -hmm. but in many countries that that doesn't matter and and, and therefore many of the vegan or plant-based products are sold in the in the chilled section so mm. we have to develop a product that is also tasting as well in the chill section in order to enter a new market. So that, that could be one of the issues. Hmm. Yeah. 
I have a very small freezer, so I would yeah. definitely need to clear out some space. That's interesting. I didn't even know large freezers were a, a thing in the Nordic countries. That's fascinating. <laughs> it's the um, same size as a, as a fridge, <laughs> always, in the villa area, obviously. I see. We need it because then that helps with the whole meat consumption as well. We go to the supermarket every day and get a new cut of meat. We can't. I don't have the space to buy half a cow and make it last over time mm. and be able to support regenerative small farmers. I get the hyper-processed mm. factory farmed ribeye steak. And yeah, this is so fascinating. Mm. There's so many different issues to tackle. As far as how you use the Omen Good product in your home, what are some of the ways that you use this in your own kitchen? How do you treat it? What do you throw it on? What are your favorite recipes? Uh, yes, since I'm working from home, uh, it's like always, I, I always need something easy for, for lunch, but still healthy. So mm -hmm. my favorite uh, dish with our product, uh, which I eat uh, maybe three times a week or so, <laughs> uh, is that uh, you just have a nice salad uh, with, uh, and then you put uh, the deep fried, um, sorry. The mung bean bits. Yeah, yeah the mung bean yeah. bits in, in a fryer uh, or in a pan uh, just for mm. a few minutes. And it, they get so crispy and nice. Just put them on the, the salad uh, with some nice yogurt dressing or toppings. Uh, and then uh, I really enjoy that kind of lunch, quick lunch. I think it, it takes like five minutes and then it's done. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I actually got another one as well now when we have the, the uh, taco mints. It's also so easy. You just do the similar thing, uh, but I have it in a fajita uh, and mm. with some uh, um, salads and uh, the taco mints that I just put in the, in the pan for a few minutes uh, and then in, in the bread. Just ready to eat in, in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I could talk about the, the taco mints forever, but like this, when you have a small amount in the pan and it gets really, really crispy, like, and there's a lot of spices, we have a lot of like mm. cumin and, and good, good spices in this one. It's, you can put it on anything and it will taste good. Yeah, and that's right. I, I should have mentioned that your mints is, well, your whole product is pre-spiced. So it's not like mm. one of the, the bland here's just a, a patty like i had mentioned before you actually bring the flavor with the product in the first place to make the rest mm. of it easy you're just kicking from the beginning yeah, yeah like the original recipe contains a lot of spices already like onions and garlics and beetroot and you have mm. you have uh, fenugreek and cumin and coriander and chili and a lot of things so there's uh, there's a lot of flavor but but still to be combined in so many cultures in so many ways so we don't mm. want to mess with that <laughs> Absolutely. And still organic and preservative free, right? Which is exactly. kind of wild to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of that over here. Nope. Yeah. I guess one thing I'm curious about is how have you seen the difference in response from the general consumer to chefs, to some of those kind of retail stores, as far as what they think about the product, how they want to try it. Hmm. <clears throat> I would say that Every time like a consumer and consumer uh, taste our product, like when you have a demo in store or you have a sampling, mm. they are blown away or they are like, oh my God, they are um, 
hence the name but but uh, <laughs> but that is um, that is actually true I, I have been personally doing a lot of these because when you're a startup you have to do everything I'm personally mm -hmm. doing these sampling sessions and uh, there are many people that are very excited about the product and the taste um, and so therefore there has been very positive feedback when it comes to end consumer for us from the beginning and that has like uh, given us the um, um, like giving us the courage to continue um, definitely it's so important for us how how the response is from from the consumer um, but when uh, when it comes to um, like like I said before like business to business um, it's it's more important to um, you have to inform or inspire in a way because this is mainly a new product for many people and many people are very locked into different kinds of patterns on how they work because mm, restaurants uh we have we have found some super cool restaurant trying on our products but th they haven't come as far as many of the end consumers when it comes to plant-based and organic mm. um, i would say i think there's a lot to be done there um putting pressure on why uh because it's interesting also you can compare it to uh, like when you buy a hummus in the store you never ask for like, uh, okay, where did they grow the chickpeas for this hummus? Mm -hmm. But when it comes to different kinds of, um, when you go to a restaurant, you never ask the chef, where did you, uh, where did you buy this bread? Or is it? It's like you go there and you, uh, you, you assume that the restaurant actually took the responsibility in giving you good stuff. Mm. Um, but but when it comes to consumer in the stores, you have always had the possibility to read uh, on the back of the packages. And I think that um, we have a lot of trust in uh, uh, in the restaurants and in chefs and people serving food, and, and we don't want to intervene with that. You know, we we are we are trusting what they are serving. And when you don't go to restaurants, oh sorry, do you do you, is this organic or where did you get this from or uh, can I have mm. another one or can I please have an organic burger instead or it's not yeah. for in Swedish market. You don't, you, you don't do that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's the same here. And it's interesting because when you look at the reality of restaurants, it's uh it's such a low margin game that a lot mm -hmm, of the time definitely. they'll put together an amazing meal of mm -hmm. really subpar ingredients because that's the chef is talented at bringing out excellent flavor. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say subpar. I don't want to put anybody down, but the distribution model for restaurants does not favor organic mm, based no. sourcing or yeah. preservative free. It's things that need to last a long time in a warehouse somewhere waiting for somebody to mm. buy it and bring it into their restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but, but that, that's why we love, like our products are great for street food, but, but also we are super fan of street food. Like we, mm. we feel like uh, when you go to the local markets or the street food markets or the food trucks, um, I think you can find so much good, good food. And, and also for me, loving Indian food, like living in mm. India and how they, how good they are at taking like really a lot of the spices um, and making sure that you can make something really good out of that. Um, I think that, um, yeah, what I want to come to when when you ask that question is, um, I think there's a there's we the consumers are waking up. I can see the kind of awakening, but there's still a long way to go when it comes to resellers and restaurants. That it's super important that we keep on as consumers asking, pushing, um, and uh, and and also inspire to uh, to make the good choices. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then there's the association of price as well, right? I think a lot of consumers say, oh, organic, it must cost a lot. So restaurants don't want to brand themselves an organic restaurant because mm. you're mm. going to be paying a premium to eat at a eat out in the first place. And now there's this added cost of or the organic side of it, which is yeah, just another challenge and kind of shifting the behavior, right? Definitely. Organic is one side of it and plant-based is one of it. I'm, I'm super mm -hmm. excited to see that there is uh, increasing growth in, in both plant-based food and flexitarians and people choosing that option because the planet needs that. It's, um, it's obviously important, but but when it comes to organic, uh, in the end, it, it comes to uh, it comes down to price, I would say um, many I, because in my household, I think I have the most in, <laughs> expensive household in uh, for a, a family of four uh, in this area. But I buy mainly organic food and I decided to do so. I believe that in the end and in the long run, it will pay off because we will stay healthier longer, uh, feel mm. better and um for me, it's super important to give that to to my body and to my children also. Mm -hmm. um, and and obviously, I could talk about organic uh, in, in many perspectives. Um, or most of all, it's uh, I w went to a seminar now um, talking about the um, the American market when it comes to plant based, and and it, they mm -hmm. talk a lot about the the um, co branding or the branding when you have two uh, two labeling. Uh, so one if one label is plant based and one label is uh, organic, that is growing rapidly in in the states. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting to understand why why is it important because i think that the consumer has so many choices when it comes to plant based so it, it needs something else um to to push push the purchase of the product yeah and it's just part of the nature of novelty i suppose right you hear plant based and you think it's amazing and then 3 years later you realize oh the actual resources going into this impossible burger is a ton of soy and it's still a very processed product. So then you realize, yeah. okay, maybe we need sourcing standards on top of the yeah. dietary standard. And yeah. it's just, yeah, diet is such a complex space. I think it just takes time for people to understand and process yeah. and good decisions. Definitely. And 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 I would you're talking about impossible foods. We are we are if 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 they weren't, uh, we wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, like they have pushed the market in so many great ways still. Um, mm. Still, of course, they're going to have a shot. I believe that many of the kind of products uh, based on soy and based on texture product and also with a lot of um, other countries going to have a problem um, in uh, in some ways. Uh, but still, um, it, it, this, the, the consumer group or, or the, um, the consumers being so aware of the content is still going to be small uh, compared mm -hmm. to the large buyer or the group of buyers. So... Um, I think I, I think that's the most important thing is that we we need to decrease the amount of meat that people eat. Uh, number one problem solved. Uh, secondly, what you eat and what is in the product for your health and for the world health because that is super important that that the people <laughs> are healthy. Otherwise, uh, mm -hmm. you cannot have a healthy planet without healthy people, right? Or adopt mm. it also. Mm. So, um, but but I'm truly happy for for the pioneers out there, plant-based uh, pioneers. Yeah, and I would I should be careful. I am not bad mouthing Impossible Burgers. I just no. think there, is, <laughs> there are industry challenges that come up as you get mm -hmm. into these new verticals that say, okay, this was a great idea to start, and now at scale, it starts to break. And how do we adjust? Yeah. How do we make that work? Yeah, and I think it's like uh, it's same thing in Sweden. I don't know if you know Oatly. It's like uh, mm -hmm. yeah. an export brand. With I have it in my oatmeal. fridge right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great. And we're super happy uh, and proud about this brand, obviously, because they are, as we are, some kind of explorer. Um, mm. And and I, I would say that when people talk, starting to talk about you, like the Impossible Food, all the the content of Oatly, etc., I would mm-hmm. say that that that's. Um, that's a great grade on you being successful and being some kind of rebel of being some kind of pioneer because that that means that you are large enough for people to be scared or large enough for people to mm-hmm. question something that you do well so yeah 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 that's a really good point from a branding perspective if you've gotten big enough for people to start talking mm-hmm. about the challenges you have in doing yeah. what you intend to do yeah. you've probably gotten to a good size where you can actually exactly. make a dent Exactly. So then people care because then you then you yeah. do something that people care about. And that's what you want people to care and people to start the dialogue and people to start the discussion. So yeah. um, we are happy to to have those dialogues. We need to have those dialogues. And it's uh, someone said that being an entrepreneur um, is is against all uh, of the human nature <laughs> possible. It's like <laughs> there's nothing that is normal about trying to do what we are doing with Oman Good. It's um, mm-hmm. um, it's it's hard uh, many times, but it's it's needed, and and we feel brave enough to to do it at this point. I absolutely love that. Yeah, there's nothing natural about being an entrepreneur. Let me take as much risk as I can and try and shift everyone's behaviors against their best wishes. And lose all the money I have and also lose my hair because of all the stress. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. Um, So let me ask then, how have you and Carolyn felt about that journey of actually moving? I mean, were you both entrepreneurs before or is this your first go at building a business? Uh, Caroline has done this before with a non-alcoholic gin um, called mm-hmm. Uh So that's where her journey started. Uh, um, for me, I have been on the other side of it. I would say that I'm an entrepreneur soul, but I have been working with brand building as a brand manager, marketing manager um, mm-hmm. f- for many, many years. So I, I've been like the... Um, the person helping other people to build brands uh, instead mm. of doing it for my own benefit. Uh, so when this opportunity, I, I've been with the company since the start um, and, um, and to do something based on your own values, build the brand that you strongly believe in. I would say that that is key factor to be successful. Not everyone can do that, but you have to be convinced uh, that what you are selling or doing or produce or um is close to your heart and your values and for for us being two female founders uh going into an industry honestly that is very male um uh, it is um I wouldn't say that that is also one thing that challenged us to be brave um but um I would also say like being (laughs) a bit of age it's it's um it's so important that you have to challenge the status quo. I think I quoted Apple at this point, but yeah, but that's important. That is important. And, and we, we, we take inspiration from different kinds of industry and different kinds of brand. And mm. what we have done, I've been in the outdoor industry. Um, so I take a lot of inspiration from that, um, mm. et cetera. Yeah. The, the bravery, the exploration, the kind of sense of adventure, right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we are uh, definitely explorers as a brand and explorers as people. And um, and it's super important. I would give that tip to anyone that if you don't know where you're going with your brand or with your values, it's going to be really hard for you to make choices within a startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really need to know um, uh, what you are about and um, where you're passionate because otherwise you can't stay true and then it's going to be hard to be brave. Hmm. And would you say, I'm, I'm just curious, I suppose, the difference between building someone else's brand and building yours, you have all this passion invested in it. Does it feel higher stakes? Do you feel more in control? How does that change the way you approach some of the challenges you have? That's a really good question. I feel scared as shit. No. <laughs> yeah, but that was honestly when I decided to go for this full time. Um, that was one of the questions that do I have the energy to be scared all the time? <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is um, what happened was that when you have focus on something like um, where your focus goes, your energy flows. And for mm-hmm. me, it was very profound that I... I, I, we both, me and Caroline, as a as a partners in this company, are so we are so different, but we are so good, um, like um, uh, taking taking actions in in different directions, making this a very successful kind of collaborations, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. and to do this together with another person, uh, which which helps your the same value as you do, is super important in in order to um, to cope. Um, I know that people um, are doing startups on their own. Um, it's really hard and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, make sure to team up with someone that makes you enjoy what you do every day. Um, and for, for, for my case, this is uh, Carolyn and, 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 our, um, and our goals that we set up together. It's always fun to work. Mm. So why make it boring when you can make it fun is something that we work uh, based on. That's a fantastic model. Why make it boring when you can make it fun? Yeah, yeah. we we did budget meeting this Friday and we, we drank some beers at the same time. So it became a really good budget. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the accountant check it back over the next day. Right? <laughs> yeah, but then, then you just keep on working. But yeah, it gives yeah. you joy. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, well, yeah, I think this is a, a good place to close it out. I think that's fantastic advice because, right, nothing great is built alone. And anybody mm-hmm. who claims as such, I think, is probably either lying or has problems recognizing the contributions of others. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, the importance if of- you're, If your heart is- um, In the right place, and if your mind is focused, um, and if you- uh, if you if you do this together with people that makes something feels fun even when it's hard um then then you just have to like sometimes you just have to fake it also i say like how could you be so brave like sometimes i am uh, sometimes we are but sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 1000% bravery you can fake definitely <laughs> yeah and then once you're through the other side and everybody thinks you're the most confident person in the room, you can go ahead and have your breakdown exactly. and say, what did I just do? <laughs> exactly. Then, then you can go and have a manga bean burger and be happy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. 
Well, I really appreciate the time, Lisa. This has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, As always, talking forward. to you all. Yeah, a thousand percent. And looking forward to seeing Omen Good all over the world, hopefully Dang. sometime in America soon, so I can finally taste this and yeah, that so salad too. you guys are talking about. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.